are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Welcome to the Mother's Day edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Excited about the show today, Brother J. Absolutely, man. It's I always I always enjoy this um, time of year um, to celebrate, you know, the uh, the first eves, black women, but the mothers, um, not just my mother, but the mothers in my village and the mothers that are responsible or held a seat in my mother's village, and to the mothers that held seats in their village as well, right? And so. Um, coming down the ancestral plane, anything that had an imprint that has um, made my mother who she is, that has ultimately made me who I am, I enjoy this day because this is a day that we get to set apart and we get to celebrate um, that. Yeah, I um, I enjoy Mother's Day um, just having been around uh, my mother, who's a great mother, and, and, and so many great examples of mothers. Um, you know, I, the shirt I'm wearing now, th- this is like my version of the Supremes, man. So that's my grandmother in the back. And then they, these are all of her sisters. And so, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, my Aunt Queenie in the green, uh, she's been been gone five years uh, last, what, two weeks ago. And so uh, when, my, when my grandmother faded the picture, you know, these women kind of came around my mother and uh, guided her in motherhood. And, and so I, I just owe a, a great deal of gratitude to not only uh, Mama Michelle, but also all of my, my grandmother and my aunties that were intimately involved, involved in my life. You know, from, from pancakes on Saturday mornings to ass whippings on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> I love these women, you know. I love these women with, with all of my heart. And so, um, you know, happy Mother's Day to all that are are celebrating um, Happy Mother's Day uh, to all of the mothers that we lost. Mm -hmm. And um, we are excited because the the show today and our uh, hope to continue the dialogue and and to build community uh, between uh, men and women of color. Uh, Brother Jay, we thought it was a good idea to bring some some young queens on the show who are raising future kings. Absolutely. Right. To get their perspective on what is what is it like uh, to one raise a black boy in today's country, and more most importantly, uh, you know what are some of the things that we need to pour into our young kings to to help them become the men that they are destined to be. Absolutely, um, well rounded men, right? Not just one sided, one faceted, um, but Real, well-rounded individuals, um, citizens of society um, that can add more than they take, heal more than they hurt, and love more than they hate. And that's that's what I think is, is exciting about this particular episode is because we have invited these young ladies um, to share their story, but also to hear their perspective on the journey of motherhood, their perspective of raising a Black boy in today's society. Um, but then also listening to hear the things that we may not be 
um, attuned to or the things that we may not be focusing on when we are focusing on child development, when we are focusing on raising um, raising children. And so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to hearing their perspective, um, but also, like you said, establishing that sense of community and not making this just an episode, but making this um, a movement within the community so we can keep the conversation going so that we can uh, we can get back the sense of the village that it takes to raise a child. And, you know, as current events tells it, you know, we, we have to move as, as, as villages collectively. Absolutely. You know, we have to move as villages collectively. And so uh, we are glad that you tuned in. And, man, we're in for a treat, ladies. So we're celebrating Mother's Day. And... Um, if you can just start by sharing, um, the date you became a mother and what's one thing you're looking forward to on Mother's Day? I am Kanali and here's my baby. You guys can see him. You're like <laughs> Alan Iverson, boy. He gonna kill him. He gonna kill him. Um, so my baby is... Two and some change. I became a mother September 26, 2017. Um, and I don't know, I guess because he's he's still a baby baby, well, a toddler. Um, I don't know that Sunday will be any different than any other day of just, mommy, I love you. And I think just with that, you feel better now? Good. Good. <laughs> So I think I think I'm in this space where he can express himself and just, you know, hug me and say, Mommy, I love you. And so for that reason, every day is Mother's Day. Um, but I, I enjoy having a son. It's a mama's boy. Good job, son. Um, I will say when I was when I found out what I was having, I was petrified for that reason. And immediately I was like, I, I can't raise a black man in this world like I it you're wrong this is a girl because I'm girly this is this is a girl she's like no girl it's a boy and so I think you know just it was a shock at first but I, I wouldn't have it any other way that's that's my baby my face on a little boy nice <laughs> yeah because I saw your baby pictures and I was like Dylan it's, times two. It's my face on a boy. Yeah. 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 I'm Danielle and I became a mother. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um November twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. So Caden. Caden, you wanna say hi? He is watching Jurassic Park. He's into dinosaurs. So yes. he's priorities. Priorities. <laughs> um and I always wanted a boy first. And that's only because I have an older brother. And I, even though I wasn't raised with my older brother, I wanted, um, if I was blessed enough to have a daughter, for her to have an older brother. But when I found out it was a boy, I was like, holy crap. Because like you said, I'm a girly girl. Like, I, all things girl, I didn't know what to do. And so... Um, I was petrified, but my son's father is excellent. We have an excellent co-parenting um, relationship. And he just kind of, you know, he kind of stepped up and said, we got this, but um, we're not together. And so I am a single mother. Um, and 
it does scare me raising him <clears throat> by myself and I use that term very lightly because his dad is very involved in his life but on the day-to-day it's me um and so Sunday is just it's just a regular day and it also happens to be the weekend that's my weekend that I have our son because his father and I alternate so it's going to be my weekend and it'll just be me making breakfast for him and doing pretty much whatever he want to do but you know like I'm sure any mother feels it's a blessing to just be a mom in this day and age because so many women cannot have children and so I'm just blessed you know to be able to to be his mom and to kind of guide him on this journey that is his life well I am a mother of two my, I became a mother uh, September 22nd, 2008, as a little girl. And then my young king was born December 2nd, 2013. He's six now. So he is uh, full of energy, lots of energy. He's not here tonight, so we are um, saved for a couple of interruptions here. <laughs> He's a busybody. But um, I enjoy being a mother of both. I am a little bit more nervous than I have ever been um, because he's getting older and he's asking questions. Um, He is gathering information from everywhere now. He's in kindergarten, but he's really advanced. So he's got conversations that he's having with peers who are way older than him. And for the first time, um, he used to identify people by like, tones he wouldn't say black or white he would say um uncle jones looks like caramel or or something so now he's starting to hear the white and black thing and learn about starting to get a little um curious about this thing so and then he you know hears stuff from other people so makes me nervous because i want to make sure i respond correctly but i don't want him to be oblivious to what it will be like growing up as a black man. Thank you all for sharing. I think um, I think it's I think it's always important to reflect on what does Mother's Day mean to actual mothers. And you all are in different phases of motherhood. Um, Cap, you seen um, your children are a little older. Um, Danielle and Canali, you have younger ones who maybe don't really understand the weight of what this day like the significance of this day but soon they will um and soon i think it will start to look different what do you remember about your childhood that you want to incorporate into your son's childhood and you can be a specific you can say you know what i learned who i learned it from what i experienced um who was there? Who do I want to incorporate? It's a very broad question. Okay, I guess I will go first. Um, I will say I had fun. I had a fun childhood, even though my parents are, um, my mom is a reverend, my mom is a reverend, my dad is a deacon, um, and I was in the church pretty much every day of the week, choir rehearsal, revival, that type of stuff. Um, but my mom always found time to just do little stuff with my sisters and I, whether it was just turning on the sprinkler in the backyard and letting us run through it. Um, and just random fun stuff that we did with her. 
and then having fun with my grandparents. And so this pandemic has kind of been a blessing in disguise because I've been able to take Caden down to spend time with my parents. Both of my parents are in their 70s. And um, Caden, you want to say hi? Okay. Um, so he's been able to spend time with them which has been good. And so I think that's what I want to instill in him is just family relationships, having fun with me, having fun with his dad, you know, aunts and uncles. And I try to remember that it definitely does take a village. Um, and so every chance I get, I'm down there with spending time with my parents, my sisters, his cousins. So that's what I remember from my childhood and I want to instill in him. My mother instilled um, individuality and so I was able to do whatever it is that I wanted. Like if I showed interest in it and she was like, all right, well, let's foster that. And so one of my main goals is to not allow Dylan to grow up like thinking a man does this, a black man does this. I bought my son a kitchen. Why? Because he said, mommy, I want to cook. I like cooking at daycare. So I got him a kitchen. Amazon is great. And I remember like, you know, my dad is old school. Like he looked at me like, you got him a what? And I was like, no, 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 no. My son enjoys cooking. First of all, let's understand that most chefs are men. And so let's get out of these stereotypes. And like, if he wants to cook, he can cook. If he wants to pick up a doll, sure. Cause you need to know how to nurture a baby. So, you know, like, I think I just, I want him to be an individual. If he shows interest in something, we're going to foster that. And that's something that my mom absolutely, um, you know, let me do. Um, and just, you know, mommy, I like to write. I had all this, all the pencils, all the pens, all the notepads. And so I think I, I want him to be able to say, I like this and know that mommy will support him or whatever. Work ethic was something that my parents um, instilled in me. Like I'm really big on work ethic and character. So we do talk a lot about that. Um, they are very conscious and um, aware of if they're being kind and supportive to people around them. So that's a big deal for me. I had a rough start once we moved from Denver to the East Coast. So um, it took us a while to get in our groove and then we ended up moving into uh, West Virginia. So I had like where I stayed for a long time. Um, so. I'm big on making sure that they have stability across the board. We don't move around like I did a lot when I was a kid. So I noticed that um, they are a little um, less outgoing than I was because we moved around. But um, for me, it's really character. I want them to be kind people. There's a lot of not so kind people in the world. And it's a big deal for me to for them to know that you can be kind. And I do struggle with my <clears throat> older siblings who are um, my male brothers who um, sometimes feel like he shouldn't cry, like he shouldn't express himself. My son is very good about telling you how he feels, like he can cry. I, I'm okay with him crying. I don't want, you know, stop crying like a girl kind of thing going on. I don't like that. Um, I, he knows now, he's getting better at knowing like, you know, am I hurt? Is this something I need to be dramatically crying about? It's my arm broke or 
you know, he's really good at saying, I'm angry right now with tears in his eyes and I don't know why. And that's because we do a lot of talking. I want him to be able to express how he feels, when he feels it, if he feels like he needs to cry, um, he can cry. There's no thing that men don't cry. Um, black men are taught to be very hard and providers and no, no emotion a lot of the times. And so we don't use that phrase, you know, stop crying like a girl. I don't do that when he cries. Is this something that you need to be crying about because you're hurt or what's going on? So I try to process his feelings. Girls are a little bit easier. I found that out once I had him, but um, that's, that's about it for me. Do, do you all uh, kind of have an image of like the kind of man you want your son to become? You know, because you know, a lot, a lot, especially with a lot of black mothers, man, they project success onto their kids. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure everybody's hoping their son can become the next Barack Obama. You know what I mean? Or the next Will Smith. Do, do you all have or have like qualities in a in a man that you, you hope your son will acquire when they become when they become men? I think I think like um Cap you seen was saying is that how you pronounce your name? Mm-hmm. Um I, I think like you were saying I want him to be able to express his emotions because um my dad is the type of guy, you know, my dad is in his seventies and so he doesn't do the whole mushy, mushy thing. He's more action oriented, which is how a lot of men are. You know, he'll tell me he loves me, but my dad is all changes, you know, have you checked your car out lately? That type of thing. And I can appreciate that, but I want my son to know, like Capucine said, it's okay to cry. And then in crying, what am I crying for? Am I hurt? Am I, am I being dramatic? You know, knowing that it's okay to express his emotions that's the number one thing and 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 hand in hand communicating those emotions to someone whether it be his partner or the people in his life um that's been my struggle with him and also trying to have his dad understand that it's okay to have him cry because his dad is straight DC, like, nah, don't be crying. Why are you crying? Like, boys don't cry, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I will say that me taking the time to explain to him why I want our son to be able to express his emotions has kind of calmed him down on that. Um, telling our son, stop crying like a girl, boys don't cry, you a big boy, don't do that. Like, he's kind of calmed down on that. And I've, you know, because he's dealing with his own issues, but that's the main thing you know expressing his emotions and being able to communicate i think that's like number one like i agree three thousand percent um something that i've been teaching dylan is your feelings are valid and so he will if he is crying or if he is upset i remember one day i must have been doing something else and wasn't really paying him any attention while he was talking and he was like mommy my feelings valid and i'm like I'm doing this right. You're right, baby. What's going on? And he's two, you know? So I want him to, I want him to continue that. Like, I want him to communicate. I want him to say, I want him to be strong, but not overbearing, you know? Like, you don't need to talk over people. You state your case and you walk away. And so I, my main goal with Dylan is just for him to be happy. You don't, you, you be a good person. You're kind. You do whatever it is that you want in this world, but make sure that you do it because you want to. And so 
I really just want him to be happy. That's it. That's it. I think, you know, like, I've had conversations like, what are you going to do if he's gay? Then he's gay. Like, so what? Like, what, what does that mean? You, he, is he happy? Cool. It has nothing to do with him, you know? With the ladies agree, communication is big, but um, another one for me is I want him to be um, confident in whatever it is he chooses to do. Like, um, <clears throat> a lot of men sometimes struggle with the image that the world projects on them, rather it's in the black community or just the image of a man in general I want him to be comfortable my son does cook he enjoys it um he's got good people around him uncle Jones being one of them who cooks and does things like that um my main thing is <clears throat> I want him to communicate and I want him to be um comfortable in his own skin um not you know trying to fit in with the norm or you know because we're black um, black men do this. I don't want him to, to fall into that. So um, I want him to be comfortable. I let Josh kind of do things that we weren't allowed to do as kids, jump on the couch. Like my mom was like, you know, get your feet off the couch kind of thing. So he's got a really big imagination. He will stand on the couch and, oh, there's lava. And, you know, and, as, you know, my, my family, sometimes we struggle with the battle of how I let them express themselves. Um, because we grew up in a, this is how, you know, they set really strict boundaries. They have boundaries. They know not to go to someone else's house, of course, and jump on the couch, but they know like that they can be themselves and be creative and be free and express how they're feeling in the moment. Like they are very expressive kids and that's important. So I want him to learn, you know, just the image I have for him is just that he's going to be himself and be able to communicate, you know, um, clearly of who he is and be confident in that. What has been one thing that you have challenged with as a mother of a young black boy? I would say teaching him things that I can't, that I'm not supposed to. That's been the hardest for me. Um, their father is not um, very active. He's a very uh, shaky guy, in and out kind of guy. So it's been hard. And then my brothers, they're not bad guys. They're really good um, fathers. They do their best, but there are some things that they do that I don't want my cho my son to pick up. So it has been hard to teach him like little things like this is a little much TMI here, but it's a part of being a mom. Like, you know, there's times where he's growing and he's like, it's growing. I don't know what to do with it. Why is it growing? And I'm like, eh. So I, I don't know who to call at that moment and explain to him, like, you know, because I'm a girl. I can tell my girl about the girl stuff, you know, why this happens and why that happens. I truly don't know why girls, honey. I can't help you there. You know, so those are those are challenges for me. Um, <laughs> um, other challenges um, that I've recently realized is, um, is really how to teach him to be masculine, like to, to be okay with that because I can have a dance party in the house and, you know, sometimes my, my family will pick me, why is he doing like this? And it's not because, you know, he might be gay. It's because he's around women all day. So there's some things like he doesn't see, he sees what mom and sister do, you know, and auntie and grandma and uncles are here and there, but it's hard to try to teach him how to be a man when I'm not. So far, you know, since I'm early in the game and he's, still, you know, like a baby, I don't really have 
<clears throat> those other issues, but disciplining him, um, disciplining him and making sure I'm not babying him um, because he is my first child. Um, and for so long I was auntie, so I spool him and send him home. And so trying to balance knowing when to put my foot down and when to kind of give him some leeway with some things because he is, you know, he's brand new. He's still brand new to the world. He's learning. He's testing me out. He's testing his dad. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then trying to, and in the discipline regard, my parents, again, are very old school. So when I go home with them, you know, my dad, a like a couple months ago, told my son, he said, I bet you don't even know what a switch is. And my son was like, no, granddaddy, no, because he doesn't. You know, I don't, and I will not spank my child with the switch, even though I was spanked with the switch. You know, most of the time I can pop Kaden. Okay. Did Papa pull out the switch though? He, he pulled it out, but he pulled it out to show him because I, ah. I've, no, I've noticed that my parents kind of watch me and see what I do. And then they kind of, you know, do that. Like for the most part, they just get loud with him or they'll pop him on the hand. They won't, you know, do the switch. They won't do the belt thing, you know. So I never feel insecure about leaving him with them, you know, in fear of that they're going to, you know, beat them with the switch or anything like that. I think they kind of know that's not how Daniel's parenting, but... I was afraid because I was like, I don't want them to think their parents hid me bad. I just want to, I don't want to continue that fear cycle with my child. I want to have, I want to instill some level of fear in him, but more so the respect than, oh, mommy's going to beat me type of situation. Um, and so that's been a real struggle for me because his dad says I baby him. And I do realize to a certain degree that my kid plays me like he plays me. And I am, I'm definitely the parent where Caden knows if he stares at me long enough when I'm trying to discipline him, I'll start laughing because he'll like blink at me and then he'll like blow me kisses. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to be hard. Like you can't do that. And so I have to, I, hold, I your yes, hold your breath. Yes, I do that. I hold my <laughs> breath and I talk to myself in my head. I'm like, Danielle, you, mm -mm. Like, and I, and he can, and I think sometimes when he looks at me, he sees my eyes like do this funny thing where he thinks I'm about to laugh, and then his his view his face changes because he's like, oh, she not laughing, she's serious. And when I see that look on his face, I know, girl, he playing you. Like, keep the straight face on because we're making some leeway. So disciplining him has been really hard for me. Like, cause I'm a straight clown. Like, I'm I will laugh. And I'm supposed to be serious. Like I, so disciplining has been hard. Canali. Um, I I echo what Danielle said, because you know, I'm still early in the game. He's he's not he's not that old yet. And so I don't know that I've had like a big struggle just yet outside of the normal stuff. Um, of having a baby, girl or boy, whatever. Um, I think a struggle just in general is with his father. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. And so, you know, we don't necessarily have the best parenting or co-parenting relationship, but he does what he needs to do per court order. So, you know, Dylan is gone every other weekend and every Thursday. And I've had to, I've never struggled with anxiety before Dylan, but I think 
you know, it's more of a mental thing in knowing that my child's father is a church person, but a good father to Dylan just because of the way that I see Dylan react to him. And so I think overall, I've had to really, my biggest struggle has been knowing that my baby is okay when he's not with me. And so, you know, when he's at daycare, I know he's good. It's, it's Mimi's daycare. He goes with my mom. So he's fine. His teachers are great, but not knowing what my baby's doing or who he's with or all of those things every other weekend and every Thursday has just been a constant struggle. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it. I'm working through it. But, you know, I know there are far more things to worry about later in life, just about a black man in America, black boy, all of the things. So I want to um, chime in and give you all some encouragement real quick. Um, it comes with growth, like with time as they grow, because my son was a clown. I think <laughs> Uncle Jones had to pop him one time <laughs> in order for him to understand because I was the same way. It's mama's voice. Uh, men tend to be harder on their sons because they understand the position of being a man. We tend to be harder on our daughters because we understand the position of being women. So when you get your boy, it's kind of like, you you know, you are babying him and they need the nurturing till God too. But as long as you have men who are present, who are strong, it will be fine. Like as you grow, like I'm at that stage now with Josh where he is at another place of testing limits. Each age, each stage in his life, he it comes with a little bit like how far can I go? And um, now it's all, you know, I don't hit as much as I used to or even raise my voice as much. I used to be a big yeller because we um, as children at one point went through physical abuse. So I'm very cautious about spankings and stuff because I don't, want to um, repeat anything or feel, I don't want them to feel the feeling I felt in that time frame. So I tried to, and for Josh, it doesn't work as well as it did with Zariah. If she did something, I could pop her and, you know, say, this is not what we're going to do. And she wouldn't repeat it. I would tell Josh, pop, don't do it. And he'd look at me and say, mm, I wonder how hard the pop is going to get next time and try it again and again. Uh, but every once in a while, he had like an Uncle Jones or um or a brother, you know, my, my father around who would, you know, the man voice would come out and he would kind of like, you know, settle down. So he knows the serious face, like, you know, when you, you look at them and they're looking, so they know that. But um, as they grow, I promise you, they will have that mama look and you'll be like, okay, it's good. But they will test limits with each stage, each stage, especially boys, because they're um, biologically programmed to dominate, like they are masculine men. So as a single mom in the home, they want to establish their dominance there. And it's not anything um, to be afraid of. You just have to take it on each stage, kind of. Oh, I've knocked Dylan in the next week, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I, I will say that he he's pretty good with a stare. Um, you know, I, I've inherited that from my mother. Like, I, I didn't slave with her. My, I think I got my last name is Battle, Don't Play With Me, You Won't Win, from her. And so, um, you know, with Dylan, most times I can I can look at him and he'll stop. But I think when he looks at me back, that's when I'm like, Danielle, and I'm like, he'll, he'll, he'll back down pretty quick. I still quick. do it. So easy. They're hustling y'all so bad, they are, man. They are, they are. He'll look They're at me like, like so real, bad. Real, and put yeah. his eyes low, and I'm mm -hmm. like, you little... 
Oh, yeah. God. It'd be the mind. Wait till they get older and give you the verbiage. Yeah, it's always the That's when you're really going to be in trouble because they give you the verbiage. Possumus. <laughs> so y'all got, look, they're nurturing. They're all sympathetic right now, Brother Jay. They're getting hustled, man. Mm-hmm. They're getting hustled. They I don't, don't know how long they're living the next week. Yeah. It's a, I've, I've, I've seen it get ready to happen, and I'll just turn. Like, oh, when did you paint your walls again? <laughs> no, yeah, no, that whole, that, it's funny because, um, you know, my job is pretty open about having my child at, at work. So I take Caden to work with me sometimes. And so they've been around him since Caden's been born, but we went on a holiday dinner and Caden decided he just wanted to cut up. Like he wanted to play with the knives. He wanted to do cheers. He just wanted to act a fool in this restaurant. And so I had to like get, I had to get mean and my coworker, I'm the only black person at my firm. And so, and my bosses are Jewish. And so they were looking at me like, uh, and then one of my bosses was like trying to engage with Caden. And when he realized that the more he engaged with Caden, the worse Caden got, he was like, oh, so I'm adding to the problem. And I was like, yes, don't look at Caden. Don't look at him. Just act like I said, look over there. Just like, don't. And the moment they stopped looking at Caden, he shut it down. And I was just like, dude, like, why would you embarrass me in front of all these people? And now these people are like, dang, I didn't know Daniel like was like that. Like, I hate when I have to do that. But, I, you know, I have to because the day-to-day disciplining is me. And when I talk to his dad about it, because sometimes when his dad comes around, he's like, well, why are you doing that? And why are you doing it like this? And I'm like, you're not here all the time. You know, this is how I parent him. And yes, we have to come to a middle ground. You know, but for the most part, when you're here, this is what I do. And I need you to just be quiet. Like, I do take into consideration some things that he says, um, because I'm like, okay, I realize Caden's playing with me. I need to, I need to chill out, you know, or whatever. But for the most part, I'm like, this is how I parent. And this is just how it's going to go. But I tr- I try to be a little bit stricter with Caden because he is getting older and he is learning that he's playing me. And I, I just, I'm trying to do better. Do better. Do better. Because <laughs> y'all getting hustled. Y'all, get a, y'all, y'all getting hustled. That's right. That's just, like my son, just like my son hustled his mother, y'all getting hustled. And <laughs> you hustled your mama too. So don't come here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was a shy, quiet mama boy, do. man. I still do. I was a shy, <laughs> quiet mama boy, man. Still do. And I think it's, I think it's just innate, right? And yeah. it's, um, you, Danielle said it, uh, sorry, Capucine said it, um, when you said women are harder on their daughters because they know what it's like to be a woman. Men are harder on their boys or their sons because they know what it's like, you know, the lessons that need to be taught. Thinking about um, wisdom that you've received about motherhood, what is like one, one major nugget of wisdom that has um, heavily influenced who you are as a woman who is also a mother. I think Whether when I, you, um, the first thing someone told me when I, I, I got overwhelmed. Um, I went through like a small bout of postpartum depression and um, I had an awesome village that helped me deal with it, but it was, it's okay to take a break. 
it's okay Good. to admit that you can't one you can't do it all and two you need some help and once I got over the guilt of you know leaving my child with someone or not calling to check up all the time you know I realized that I actually felt like I could deal better with motherhood from those breaks whether it be a day or two or a couple of hours um so that was the thing that I that I loved and you know my mom jokes that she didn't get no breaks you know and I tried I tried to tell her well mom that's not me like you're a different woman and you were raised in a different era than I was you know and I commend her for that but I needed and I still need those breaks and so whenever I feel like I need a mommy night out or I need to just sleep by myself in my bed by myself you know I'll yes, like, Lord. Hey, can you can you go take him or you know I have awesome people in my village that I can hey can Kate spend the night I'll pick him up in the morning so knowing that I can't do it all and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay not to be okay you know, that part, because I was just like, well, why do I feel so bad about leaving my child? Am I doing good? You know, I mean, pretty much birthdays are just celebrating that he alive, because I'm like, I don't know how we doing it, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't been to the ER yet. So, I mean, you know. It was, good. It was, good. It was that pit bull one time, but we, we dodged right? that one. But, so I think just 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 knowing that it's okay to step away has been has been my yes that that's the number one thing that I tell all of my friends who are new moms if you need me call me because I get it you know and I'm never gonna judge a mom who says you know what I just sat in the car for two hours because sis I feel you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um yes same. I think when um, when Dylan first started leaving overnights and then, you know, for those weekends, like I would just sit in a corner and rock and like, where's my baby? What am I doing? But I think once I finally got it together and was just out doing things or just at home taking a bath, sleeping like a starfish in the middle of my bed, I had a moment where I was like, Am I supposed to be happy? Am I supposed to take a deep breath when I drop my baby off? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm not supposed to. And then I think one of my really close friends was like, no, girl, you you relish in that moment. Like, you deserve it. Your mommy 24-7. So that one day a week, that week, and that every other weekend, like, live it. Go on and get you some, some you love crown. Jack, go get you some of that and, and take a bath and go to sleep. Or not, like sit up and watch movies, right? Do whatever it is that you want to do. And I think at first I didn't understand that or I felt bad for feeling okay. But honey, those Thursdays coming, I'll be like, bye, boo, love you. See you tomorrow. See you next weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, I, I understand that 100%. <laughs> for me, um, I've I've gotten over that hump because I'm a little bit um, further along in the parenting world. So for me now, it is being okay with um, extra love for myself, like just being able to um, say, you have your room, I have my room, and being okay with going to the store and saying, you know what, I'm going to buy a couple more things for myself than I do the kids. That has been 
um, the recent struggle because they're getting older. There's a lot um, of things that they want and need. A lot of times it, uh, a want turns into a need for them, but um, so being okay with just loving on me a little bit more. And um, I think the biggest piece of wisdom I've gotten though is just to over, just over love them. Just because um, a lot of times we don't have, there's no rule book to parenting and you'll mess up a hundred times. And the one time you get it right, the kids, you know, they don't care just to overlove them. That is the biggest piece of wisdom that I have received and kind of have just taken in right now is that they don't care about the materials. Those things go away eventually because my kids are older. They're into a lot of, you know, electronics and things like that. And sometimes I'm like, you know, is this really something I should be getting at this moment? You know, I go through that uh, battle sometimes with the biggest piece of wisdom that I've learned. Like, they don't care about that. Like, they, they, in the moment, they might be like, oh, man, you know, but the most that they loved is the moments where we are having tickle fights and outside playtime and things like that. So to give an abundant amount of love to them is something that um, I've, like, really taken and held close to heart. And I think society puts this stigma on mothers that like you are supposed to just give and give and give and give and that's just it. Like you're a mom, so you shouldn't be tired. You shouldn't be this, you shouldn't be that. And it's like, correct, I could have the flu, but my two-year-old is still a two-year-old. So I have to give and give and give. And so if mm -hmm. ever you get a break, if ever you, are able to do something for yourself, you should, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. I've had full-blown anxiety attacks in the store, like where I've had to like take a minute with carts in front of me and say, like step back because, yeah. and to some people who, if they don't understand it, being a single mother, sometimes you overcompensate for the kids because you feel like you're filling in the gap for the lost parent um, not being there uh, or the lack of having you know, that extra support. So sometimes I, I do feel like I might, you know, overbuy or overgive or, you know, overdo. And when I'm actually like going and not like, you know, just buying something nice for myself, I might like actually splurge on myself. Like I'll have to sit back and tell myself like, it's okay, you're not being a bad mom by taking this extra little bit of money and spending it on yourself. Um, that has been the most recent struggle for me though telling myself like it's okay to splurge out on yourself every once in a while you don't have to take every single thing you have and it's okay to save some for you is there a is there a sport that you won't let your young boy play football football, football. i really don't want my baby to play football, football. I, I would like to introduce him to lacrosse or chess something <laughs> <laughs> my baby's getting into golf we, we, we that's it that's a word them hips. Golf. that's a word but i think you know I, I he loves all of the sports and all things basketball football baseball mommy i want to play soccer ball so i think again in in nurturing whatever he wants to do i'll be open to it but i'm gonna push football to the bottom right football. how about swimming love but what if he comes yes. back and he's like, mom, I, I'm, I'm good at it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Then what? You got to support him. It's hard, but you have to. Because if you don't, they'll resent you. Mm -hmm. 
I know. I should be a ballerina now. I'm still holding on to that. So I, I will not. Mm. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm still mad. Mm. I still tell my dad that. Um, I Check out the uh, the Training Wheels and Trauma episode no. of the Gang Recognize Gang podcast. I mean, if he wants to play football, sure. But I, I also want him to be well-rounded. Like, I don't want him to play football because that's what young Black boys do. Like, Sure, you can you can play flag or whatever, but you're also gonna play this softball, and you're also gonna play, I don't know, just what you're gonna be well rounded. Geometry, you're gonna play this geometry. Yeah, yeah. A word. Yeah, yeah. Go, go in there, go in there and throw that pre-calc around. A word, and we're gonna get you a tutor because mommy was an English major. I don't <laughs> math makes me itch, but you, son, yes. <laughs> <laughs> If there was one thing that you wish you could have done differently um, in your motherhood journey, what would that one thing be and how would you have gone about it differently? Well, you know, I would have had a different child's father, but Dylan wouldn't be the same, so. Yes. (laughs) And there's that. Okay, (laughs) yeah. For me, I would have moved. <laughs> that, that water was first question. <laughs> I would have moved out of the state faster um, before I had him. Um, I, you know where we live at. We live in West Virginia, so it is not very diverse out here. So I know this is touchy for some people, but I, I feel high for my son or daughter chooses to date. However, the image that they see here is um, not a bunch of black little girls so that for me i don't i wish i would have moved a long time ago like just so that he would have been introduced to that early being around more people that look like him because i noticed that um his comments about young brown girls or the way he looks at young brown girls aren't the same when he sees a white a little white girl he gets a little giggly eyed you know googly eyed I don't dislike it a hundred percent but I also want him to know like that's not the only type of girl around but where we live at that's majority of the people in his classroom are little white girls and the few brown girls that are in the classroom or on the playground are either relatives or people who are super close to their like relatives yeah can't do that can't can't do that can't do that yep yeah Mm. If I had to do something over, I guess I would have been more, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess more adamant about where his father and I were when he was born. Um, Because when Caden was born, well, when Caden was conceived and I was pregnant, his father and I were not together. We were just kind of dating and doing the dating thing, you know, but we hadn't defined our relationship. And then I got pregnant um, and he stepped up to the plate, but I I wasn't adamant and I wish I had been about defining where we were. Like, are we going to be married? You know, like what's happening? Um, And then making sure we stuck to that because I didn't. And it led us down a road of confusion and it's still confusing, but we co-parent great and so that's what counts but I would have just been more adamant I wouldn't have changed who Caden's dad was because um it's 
his his dad has grown tremendously because of Caden. He's he's morphed into a better man, um, and Caden has made me better. And Caden wouldn't be who you know you know my child wouldn't be who he would be if he had a different dad. I would have just been more adamant about my own personal links with what our relationship was and where we you know where we were going. And I wasn't, which just led to a whole bunch of kerfuffle, as my niece likes to say. Fluffle. I'm gonna use like that, that in my like next that. staff meeting on Monday. I need y'all to show Cluffuffle. Yeah. That yeah. might be what it. The Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday yes. night, the next happy hour will be Cluffuffle. Oh my god. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like it. <sighs> Canali, you were gonna say something? No. <laughs> so Cap Capucine, can I ask you, have you had that conversation with your son about being a black man in America? And how did you how did you handle it? Because when I like, you know, again, my baby's still a baby and he'll always be my baby even when he's 45. But I when I think about having that conversation with him, and I'm a, I'm an emotional person. Anybody that knows me can tell you I cry every time I've seen Color Purple, even though I've seen it a billion times. And so I when I think about having What scene do you cry at? I pretty much cry through the whole movie, pretty much but it's a nine hour movie. <laughs> That's I mean, a lot of nine hours of crying. Her feelings are valid. <laughs> You're right. That's right. You're right. I, 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 I just I I you know there I don't know if anybody else watches Grey um Grey's Anatomy, but I think last season there was an episode where um Dr. Bailey, who is black, had to have that conversation with her son and it brought me to tears because I'm just like, I'm not ready to talk to him about that. I'm not ready to talk to him about okay when they pull you over don't do nothing but if you don't do nothing you can still die you know like i how, how did you handle that if you've already talked to him about that and, and what was his reaction if, if i can if you're open to share yes absolutely so um i have found that it works better in stages for my son my son is very uh, literal so if you say something like i died laughing you didn't die mom you know he's very literal he wants to he he knows what he, he knows what he knows. So um, he has had the question about black and white. And um, so he's, he, he hears conversations, first of all, from my brothers who have had trouble with the law when they were younger and growing up and in, into their early adulthood. So he's heard conversation about, you know, not liking the police and things of that nature. So he has had that like reaction when seeing police you know, or, or the cops will say, hey, little buddy, and he's very standoffish, very quick, and I, you know, so that's the stage one. Why do you act like that when you see the police? What are you feeling? And then his conversation. So I haven't gotten into depth. I have just done baby steps. I am going to be 100% honest with you all. Jones is my lifeline. When I have to go to that place um, of, or that that's with my children. I call him first because I need a voice of reason because I'm a little rough around the edges. I got a little hood in me. So when I explain stuff, sometimes it can come off a little rougher than it should. Um, so I'll call, you know, my village and I'll say, hey, this is a conversation I need to have. Like, how do I word this? Or, you know, like, I need to address this, you know, so I get a couple of people 
um, feedback and then I try to do it in stages because at six, he's not ready for the full blown conversation. So I have to go through the conversation in my head first because I am emotional as well. And the moment I start crying, he's a man, he's a little man. So mommy's crying. He, he hears nothing I'm saying. He wants to fix it now. Why is my mom crying? So I have to make sure that I'm not in an emotional place because he won't receive what I'm saying. He's only worried about making sure my mom is not crying anymore. So I would just say, do it in stages and you'll know based on like how he's developing. Like he may be at three completely ready to hear the big boy talk or he may be there at 10 or, you know. So you just need to know where your kid is, how he's moving along and how he's able to comprehend. So I'm very cautious of what I say to Josh because he is very, very literal. How has how has the COVID-19 pandemic, how has that um, impacted your your day-to-day routine as a mother or how has it um, altered your day-to-day? Have you had to create, like throw throw the dishwater out with the, the bath water out with say, the baby. <laughs> the baby went, dude, this time the yeah. baby went though. Like, just throw, it, <laughs> throw it all away. Just throw it all away. Like, yeah, man. how did you, like how, how, one, how are you dealing with all of it? Two, cause I know it's tough being quarantined, um, just sitting there rocking like Sophia. Um, <laughs> like, but how, yeah, how are you doing with the COVID-19 situation and um, what, how has that impacted your motherhood journey? I mean, you guys know where I work, and so work does not end. Um, And so I think having to figure out switching our entire program to the virtual space, one, parenting a toddler, two, parenting a toddler without, my child loves being outside, and so without parks, without the playground, without all of these things it has been a challenge um i'm certain he has more screen time than you know the the (laughs) people say that he should i don't care fight a squirrel um (laughs) i think yeah (laughs) i think you know you nothing is wrong my baby is he's healthy he's fine he may not have a bedtime anymore and that's okay um, <laughs> naps can be at 4 p.m. because mommy was on a call. You guys heard him say, you want a call? Like he's, he's used to mommy working from home. And so, you know, there is a routine, but it's not the typical routine. It's the routine that works for me. And as long as Dylan is happy and healthy, then it's all fine. Has it been hard? Yes. Um, I think while my job can be intense, sometimes they are super flexible. Um, and so it's like, hey, I need to be offline for the next hour because Dylan, um, and there's no more, you know, I don't need to say anymore. Um, so I am, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, you know, I have 800,000 hours of vacation time. And on top of that, people are like, you don't have to use that to care for your child. Like everybody's just trying to make it. So I think it has been hard. It has been an, an adjustment. I have ordered far too many things from Michaels and Amazon to keep my child occupied. Um, we may or may not have a hermit crab coming soon. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yes. Hermit crab. 
just and I hate them. So really pray for me. I hate. I them. was about to say, didn't we have a conversation about how you? I hate them, them, but everything is is a crab. Mommy, it's a crab. So we we might have a hermit crab coming. Oh yeah, man, you better gonna, you better going to suck when y'all start eating crab. You better put on SpongeBob <laughs> or something. <laughs> So Dylan will literally sit, I've learned all the things about hermit crabs because we have watched all the YouTube videos on hermit crabs. Um, we know Do they have one in this school? Yes. Yeah, so that's where it started. And so he, they got the hermit crab maybe two weeks before quarantine and Dylan was obsessed with them. Like he's the only kid that would go and tell everybody what the crab was doing. It's eating, it's doing this. Can we pick it up? All of the things. And I had a traumatic experience with a hermit crab when I was younger. So, you know, we're, we're going to work through this together. <laughs> no, it didn't pinch me. I just, I watched it change shells and it was the most horrible that's, thing. That's horrible. traumatic. Oh. It's traumatic as a kid if you're not ready for it. I didn't know what was happening. I screamed. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Pray my strength, y'all. Pray my strength. For me, I work with children who have behavioral issues, so um, it has been hard for me because my son does have a ton of energy. I was a little um, relieved when he was in school because he was able to run some of that energy out and they were supposed to girls club after he got to play basketball and interact with his peers well, a friend was able to open up her child care center for him and other parents who are essential care workers um physical interaction so sometimes it's hard because i don't really have the energy to do it um and his schedule is completely thrown off josh does not do well without structure he needs structure he needs to know start time in time of things. So um, the benefit of having an older sister is um, that she can engage with some of, some of those things with him and I don't have to. So I wanna make sure that she's still being a kid and not feeling like a second mom kind of feel. So I gotta make sure that I you know, monitor that, but it has been challenging just trying to make sure I have the energy to come on. My job is pretty understanding. However, they think I'm superwoman as the supervisor over there so um there's a lot of things that they you know they want or need for me to do because either others are just not willing to do it or they're just not you know able to do it so that has been my challenge is making sure that i have enough energy at the end of the day to actually spend with him it's been a little bit of relief the last uh two weeks because he has been in um child care and she tries to get them out she definitely um has a really big backyard with some stuff in her backyard from her daycare so that does help out a little bit but he can run for hours space just like the black forest gump just running <laughs> uh, yes i'm telling you he will run forever <laughs> just running just running going to the car <laughs> it's like everything is a race for him everything is a competition i'll get in the car first pull out before the car <laughs> Boy, breathe. Who's gonna eat their food first? <laughs> sound like sound like he need to be on a track team. Oh, he is super fast. He will run all day. That's yeah, awesome. I can't keep up. That's the sport he can play then. <laughs> track <laughs> or participate. You don't play track. Cross country. <laughs> yeah, cross country. Yeah. Cross country. I did yes. that thing one time, and I was like, you know what? This is not my calling. 
I got asthma. Um, for me, I think my biggest struggle has been um, entertaining Caden when he gets home because his dad is considered essential date um essential, and so we're able to utilize the daycare. So for Caden, he still goes to daycare and. I guess that plays another part in my struggle. I feel guilty for taking him sometimes because I am able to work from home. Um, and for the most part, it's crazy because when I'm at home, I don't genuinely have a lot of work to do. Um, and so I have work, but it comes in spurts. Um, and because a lot of the government facilities are just learning how to um, telework themselves, it, our work is just now picking up. Um, and so having to entertain him when he comes home and because of the pandemic, um, we have to provide all the meals for them. And so I'm trying to be creative in what I take for lunch, but it's pretty much rotating between pizza and um, apple butter sandwiches because half the children are allergic to peanuts, so he can't have peanuts. Half of them are allergic to strawberries. And so even though Caden doesn't care because he can legit eat like five sandwiches a day, he won't care. I feel bad for packing him the same thing almost every day. And my kid is weird because sometimes he'll eat cereal, sometimes he won't eat cereal. And so I never know what to pack him. And then because he, they, um, because of the pandemic, not a lot of the kids are there and they don't go outside. They entertain them inside. Um, and so his energy level when he comes home is still pretty much middle, you know? And so it's like, okay, what do we do? Thank God my apartment complex has like this big open field behind our building and not too many people, nobody is really out there. And so I take him out there, we throw the ball, I let him chase birds, and then we kind of sit on the balcony, you know, I'll let, like Miss um, Battle said, I think he has way too much screen time, but at this point I'm like, bruh, I don't, I don't know what else I got for you. You know, we color, I try to do puzzles, he does that. No bedtime. Last night, homeboy went to bed at midnight. And oh, he hustled. He, he know what he's doing, no, man. Well, see, he didn't. He didn't. I will. In okay. his defense, in his defense, he didn't hustle me. He took a nap too late, mm -hmm. and he took a nap at like six. So when he woke up, well, he took a nap at five, and when he woke up, it was just like, okay, mom, like, what are we doing? And you I, let him. You let him take a nap, didn't you? Right, I did. His mm -hmm. daddy no let him. His daddy let him. That breakup. <laughs> and so it's just trying to entertain him, trying to make sure he doesn't have screen time. But I'm like, he's healthy, he's fed, he don't care what he eat as long as he eat, you know. So it's just that type of struggle that I I deal with, you know. But I've been able to get my work done when he's away. I've been able to work out a little bit more when he's away. So I try to. Remember that I need that because during, you know, when the pandemic, of course, wasn't going on, I didn't really have time to fit the gym in. It was right before I had to pick him up from daycare. Then I had to come home and, you know, do all of these other things. And so it's kind of caused me to slow down. And I have learned to enjoy playing with him, in all honesty, because, you know, you know, before the pandemic, it was just kind of like, okay, eat and we get ready for bed. But now, because he has so much energy, you know, mommy, play with me. And so I 
make a you know i make it a note and if i don't play with him as fast as he wants me to he will take my phone and tell me put down mommy play with me <laughs> and so i take that as a sign put your phone down and play with your child because that's what he's going to remember because that's what i remember with my parents and so i try to remember to be more present mm -hmm. with him to spend less time on my phone to spend more time outside chasing birds with him because he loves doing that and so yeah Danielle, if you have just a little bit of space, I ordered a trampoline, honey. Changed my life. Yes. A trampoline inside the house? They're small little indoor trampolines. Mothers have gotten so. That's the one Kaden has. Trampoline in the living room. I don't care. I don't care. I'll send a link to Ronald. I just ordered it. It hasn't come in yet, but it's called an indoor like gymnasium. You know how the guys do the uh, pull-ups and stuff on the door? Oh, uh, the door I got to keep that they away have from swings, my child. And they have ropes where they can cross. Yes, it's, listen, uh -uh. I did the, read the reviews on that thing. It's life. So those rainy days <laughs> that we're having, you can put it on the door frame. And I live in an apartment, too. Put it right on this door frame. They have different ones. You can get a full kit where you have the rope to swing. I think there's even like a ladder kind of thing. Oh, it's a wow. bunch of different stuff on there and you put it on the door frame and it hooks right to it. Um, so I, I was going to say trampoline. I had to buy him an indoor trampoline because of this. I'm like, uh-uh. Yep. Jump. Brother Jay. Yeah, your heart is content. Brother Jay, was it, was it, <laughs> it going to be an indoor trampoline when you was coming up as a youngster? Baby? There wasn't a pandemic. Jump yeah. again. But no. <laughs> Jump again. Not in my majority. I used to get told, don't you jump on that damn bed no more. Jump, jump one more time. Listen. <laughs> and make it good, too. She make it good. That's the trampoline because he, he was jumping. Make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan, um, a couple nights ago, took a late nap. I was working. All day, just just working, just going. My child woke up. It was bedtime a few hours later. I politely handed him my work phone. He knows what his snacks are in my room. And mommy went to sleep. Okay, okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. And I'm not, I, I don't feel bad real, about it. I wish I could give you a real high five because I've done that <laughs> so bad. I don't feel bad. It's so bad. I don't feel bad about it. I don't. Nope. He woke me up box. at one point with a pouch. It was like, mommy, I want a pouch. I unscrewed the pouch yes. and went back to sleep. I don't care. <laughs> I have a whole little uh, box. And I did it even with Zariah when she was first born. And it's a little box, um, little cubby box, like a collapsible box. Yep. It has toys, snacks, the iPad, whatever it is that they need. When I'm at that point and I don't have the energy, now I'm better because I have the, my older daughter. But I would lay in the bed, lock my bedroom door because at the time they couldn't unlock the door. Yep. I would lock my bedroom door, turn the TV on, and be my yep. old yep. gone. I don't care. I don't feel bad. I don't see why y'all felt bad in the first place, man. That's what my my mother my mother would close the door on me in a heartbeat. My mom used to get home. My mom used to come home for work, go in her room, shut the door, and say, "Don't talk I mean, to me for about an hour." <laughs> And don't let nobody in this house. Y'all, yeah, yeah. look, y'all all timid and stuff, man. My mother, my mother came in the door and said, "Look, I'm, hey, that, that that chicken better be thawed out in the sink. I'm going to my room for about an hour. Don't you say nothing to me. You can't thaw the chicken because I didn't had a long day. Well, y'all are soft." 
I'm pretty Listen, sure I wanna... eventually we'll get to that point oh, where, yeah. you know, you better have that chicken out when I come home. But, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I, first of all, I've just gotten to the point where I feel like I can leave him in a room by himself and he won't destroy it or hurt himself. Right, you know, right. and if he does get his hurt himself, he'll come in, mommy, I hurt. And, I'm, you know, I play the old kiss your boo-boo, go back and play, you know, type of thing. But I feel like my life changed when I realized I could leave him in a room now and he could just find his way to me when he needed me. And now he's more vocal about, I'm hungry, mommy. I want grapes. He knows how to go. I try to keep the stuff that he likes to eat at the bottom, you know, his juice down there. I try to keep his cup where he can reach it. So for the most part, I'm trying to learn to let him be more independent so I can do some more things that I like Mm -hmm. to do. But sometimes I just be like, can you please go to sleep? And, you know, sometimes I'll tell him, I'd be like, bruh, please. And he'd be like, bruh, mommy. And I'd be like, it's just, you know. And of course, he's at the phase where he's like repeating stuff now. And so. That's my favorite. That's a blower. That's a blower. That makes me laugh. (laughs) Anything like, and I, you know, I got, I'm kind of childish, so. Anytime my son was a toddler, he would repeat something that somebody grown had said. Oh man, that used to crack me up. That's my favorite. Because I would say it again, and then I would leave before the parents would get. They would get. The, they would get the child, and then as soon as they turn to get me, I'm already in my car crying, like hollering, calling. No, this is you're terrible. <laughs> you're terrible, Horrible guy. Horrible. Every time, every time. Didn't I tell you to stop saying it? I'll grab my keys and I'll head out. So as soon as they say Uncle yeah. Jones, Uncle Jones is in his car. Holler. It was Uncle Jones, yes. Uncle Jones. Jones. <laughs> Jones. So what I am finding out, um, it is so much harder for me because I'm doing, I teach at work as well. So not only just teaching behaviors and keeping the kids in mind, but I have like zero tolerance or energy to break down like a math problem or go over you know, the parts of speech, like, and this is supposed to be her first year of middle school coming up, and they're already talking about possibly not returning to school till January, so I'm really struggling with how I'm going to move forward with this, because I leave work at sometimes five o'clock, get home, it only takes me 20 minutes, but by the time I get home, I have to balance or juggle between whether I want to cook dinner or order out or get something like really cheesy and cheap for them to eat that's not very healthy and sit down and go over work with them and I find my patience is like wearing thin so that is something also that has been a challenge for me here recently I mean the good thing is she's able to help Josh a little bit more but there's stuff that she needs help with that no one but me can help her with and I mean the teachers have made themselves available they understand my schedule so a lot of them will make themselves available up until 7 38 o'clock for her but that in itself has been like like I'm I'm almost to the point where I'm like I talked to my supervisor about it today like I might need to be a sub for a while because I have to make that's a priority their education mm-hmm. is first one last question oh, on my go behalf. For it. Go I'm for scared it. of your questions always, Kevin. No, 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 no. This is a good question. <laughs> All right. If you had a magic wand and you could give it a flick, what does your son's life look like <laughs> at 25? At 25. Ooh. That's a good question, though. At seven, so you're talking about 25. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
don't hey, know. Hey, this is show. This is show about men of color. I hey, twenty five is important. It is important. I don't. I don't know because I truly believe that I just want Dylan to do what makes Dylan happy, and so I don't know if I want to say, well, I want him to be this and have this. I really just want him to be happy, and so if that means having graduated with multiple degrees and all of those things, cool. If that means that he's figured out a trade and is an, an entrepreneur, cool. Um, I really, I just want him to be healthy and happy and just be a good person. I, I want him to, one thing I, I am going to do, whether he likes it or not in the moment, is make sure he understands finances and credit and all of that stuff. Yes. So at 25, he's going to be set regardless of what that looks like for him um so sure yes i want him to be the next barack obama but he probably won't and that's okay too i, th I think i i agree with that i would just want kaden to be happy i want him to be healthy i would want him to love and know love and whether that comes from being heartbroken or whatever and i would want him to know that he can always come to his mother, you know, that I'm always there. And if I'm gone, my God forbid, when he turns 25, he knows that I'm watching over him. And I pray that, um, you know, I say this to his dad and I say this to everyone who sows into his life. I don't want my son to have to recover from his childhood. Wow. So at 25, if he has to go to therapy, I don't want to be, I don't want it be, to be because of me. You know, I don't want it to be because of his dad. I want it to be because he just wants to talk out what's going on in his life. And that's so good. that's what I want him to, I want him to look back and be like, you know, mom or dad or whoever was hard on me, but I had a good childhood and I'm here and, you know, he's just being a productive adult and, and you know, being the type of man he knows that I and his ancestors would be proud of. Um, for me, I agree with the ladies. Um, communicating well, comfortable, confident, um, doing whatever it is that he loves to do, um, whether it's being in school. Or, I want him, one thing I do really love about my son is that he is super thoughtful and kind. He really is a kind kid. So I just want that to stick with him. I want him not to be corrupted by the world. He thinks of others first. So if he can, like that communicating comfortable and confident kind of. That's all right. And if he end up the next Barack Obama, y'all okay with that too? I'm fine with whatever he chooses to do. They moving in the White House with him. Yeah. That's, of, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's what I was getting at, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I might be down the street. I was going to say, that's a, that's a lot of pressure. Now, I don't want to be a helicopter mom or a helicopter grandma. Like, I definitely would like to reap the benefits of whoever my son becomes. But yeah. I don't want to be one of those people who's stealing the limelight from him. You know how some mamas do. That's my, you know, mm -hmm. all up in the camera with the short song. I'm not trying to be that. You ain't got to. You can be in the West Wing. Have you I mean, if that's, what, if that's what he wants, if he says, Ma, this is you, then I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine, sweetheart. But I will be just as happy down the street in my own home so that I don't have to see you nor your children unless I want to. <laughs> are you snatching Are you snatching young ladies out of the camera on draft night? Yes. No, um, definitely. Get definitely. Out. Get out. Sorry that you right. asked that question. I if, if, that's right. Get out. if I'm anywhere near the scene, won't be any young ladies near 
the area when the cameras are rolling. Right. This ain't about, not about you today. I'm security. I'm security. Yeah, yes. Nah. Security. Unless she hits wife, and that's the young well enough to know. Uh oh. Okay. Okay. So no. at 25, he won't be married. I mean, he might be, but what I'm saying is if he gets drafted or something like that and he's not married and she try to be all up in the camera, up in the mix, I'm going to be like, no, ma'am. She gets snatched. She gets snatched. Pretty much. I'm just going mm-hmm. to politely guide her away from the camera. She won't politely. be in the house. You're missing this. <laughs> Blood on well, in the house. She just got to be in the back. <laughs> no, no, of her house. She needs to be in the back of her house. <laughs> there we go. That's her from her TV. <laughs> from her TV. <laughs> closing thoughts Kev closing thoughts hey man I am um, just so appreciative of these wonderful women uh, coming on the show the Mother's Day edition of the show um, man I just think it's important for as men for us to hear their side of the coin you know what I mean and, and what they go through raising young kings because uh, as everyone pretty much mentioned this evening it takes a village it's a combination of co-parenting. It's a combination of aunties and uncles and grandparents. And um, we can't do that in the most appropriate manner if we don't collaborate and discuss issues so that we can uh, have some alignment and be on one accord. Because if, if we don't get it right, nobody else will. And uh, you know, our, our lives are uh, looked upon in this day and age uh, you know, I'm at a loss for words, honestly, because I just know that it seems that matters are getting worse. And so I, I do b- believe as a father that some of the same sentiments that um, these wonderful women mentioned this evening, I would agree, you know, as far as wanting my son to uh, be, be kind and be able to identify what happiness looks like and be the best person that he can be for himself and his community and others. And so um, I, I certainly appreciated all of the sentiments that were made here um, today. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll echo all of those. Um, Want to acknowledge your queendom, um, give you your props, saying that you are doing a hell of a job, even though you're giving them all that screen time during this COVID nineteen situation. Ain't nobody judging you. Ain't nobody judging you. Hey, Amen. That sounds like some judging. No, ain't gonna, ain't gonna judge, Sometimes you I, just gotta watch Harry Potter will, back, to back, will, to back to back to back will, to back. I will give a kid a device real quick. Like, hey, come look at this. Come look at this. And it'll be a hypnotizing <laughs> thing on there. All of a sudden, I'm famous for doing stuff like that. Be like, oh, you, you're bouncing off the wall and it's, it's 11 o'clock. Come look at this. Um, but no, I commend you all. Stay strong. Keep doing your thing. Um, we need, we need, we need women like you in the village to continue to give an example for the younger mothers that are coming. Um, there's no handbook. There's no handbook on parenthood. There's only, uh, there's only theory. And then there's even, um, even less practice. But um, I think, I, I think as long as you're focusing on, like you said, that my child is healthy and he is loved, then everything else will fall into play. I I, I want to thank you guys for having me on here because when Kevin asked me, I was like, what I got to say? But it's not even what I had to say. It's what I took from the other mothers too, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling that like my feelings are valid and I'm not the only mother feeling this way. 
and thank you guys for what you're doing and what you're putting out into the universe and into the world with the topics that you speak on because black men and black women need to hear what you guys have to say so i commend you for what you're doing it's it's good it's good we need it appreciate that appreciate that well that's that's all i got amen well uh thank you thank you thank you mothers that joined us this evening uh we want to send a shout out to all of the mothers but especially our mothers yes our Uh, mothers our mothers uh, you know they they the number one mamas in our life yes you know you you only get you only get one mama you get one mama man she's alive and healthy hugger squeezer virtually of course virtually of course but um definitely happy birthday happy mother's day to our mothers happy mother's day to all of the mothers out there and until next time i am kev that's rlj and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin Melanin evolution be like be like